What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Lada, what do you got? Our favorite season is here. Tax season. I mean, it's not really my favorite, but we all got to go through it. So it started today. And just to let you guys know, you guys have to be patient because the IRS has a shortage of workers. Yep. So, you know, my mom's already dealing with that. But and they haven't finished processing the 2020 taxes. So just to let you guys know, don't be bombarding the phones. Don't be extra. Just stay patient. Do what you got to do. But I just felt like y'all needed to know that because it is tax season. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, so yeah, the last years were delayed um, mm-hmm. months. Like I, I think I filed my return. I want to say like the first week of March, and I didn't get. I got a small refund, and I didn't get it till like I don't know, like June, like or something like that. Like it took months, and that usually, you know, in normal situations, that usually takes just a few weeks. So. Mm-hmm. They say yeah. it takes 21 days if you file it online, but then there's like a disclaimer at the bottom that says, but we do have a shortage of workers, so it may be delayed. That's kind right. of saying it's going to be delayed. Right. You know, my mom's like everywhere you go now, there's a sign that says something like, hey, um, so the world's, uh, you know, th- there's a, a shortage of people around the world working. So be nice to the people that actually showed up for work. Correct. I feel like everywhere you go, there's some reminder of slow down. We don't have as many people as we, we normally do. Yeah. That's well, true. It, it's the truth. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Everywhere you go. I mean, it's the reality of it. You got to be ready, you know, like to just understand what the case is. So. Be patient. Yeah. All right. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right, Kaplan. So I know you want me. You want to do this. We, you know what we do? I'm going to tell you the story, okay. and then uh, we can do a little role play. I know you like to do Ooh, the role play, particularly oh, I do. Le- LeBron and Vogel. You love, yeah. you love the LeBron and Vogel role play. Yeah. Uh, all right, so LeBron uh, played, and the Lakers played the Heat yesterday. Mm-hmm. And there was something I noticed, right? So I, um, I, I kind of I recorded the post game on purpose, right? Because I knew I wanted to watch football, so I'm like, all right, I'll, just, I'll record it. I'll go back and watch it. So when I went back and watched it, there were a couple of things that stood out to me, okay? I was like, hmm, okay. Um, because I, I always feel like LeBron does things with a purpose, but there's some cover when he does them because he's really smart. He's, I, I, as I say, he's the smartest basketball player I've ever been around, uh, both on and off the floor, the way he handles himself, generally speaking, and obviously the way he plays. So, Laura, play the second one first, which is 18 seconds, the one that says too many breakdowns, okay? So, this was immediately after the game. He's being asked, hey, you know, what happened in that first half? I mean, you guys made a furious comeback, but, you know, you got blown out in the first half, and that obviously contributed to your loss, blah, 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 blah. Let me hear what LeBron said about that. You know, we just had too many breakdowns, um, you know, and versus a team is this well-coached, um, you can't have – multiple breakdowns throughout the course of a game, throughout the course of a possession, throughout the course of a, a first half or a quarter. Because they're going to make you pay. You know, there's a, a lot of teams in this league, um, you know, at times won't make you pay for mistakes, but they are not one of them. Okay. So you hear that, Kaplan, and you think what? Uh, well, my first thought is, is he saying that the Heat are a very well-coached team and that the Lakers are not a very well-coached team or – is he saying that the Heat roster isn't really that good, 
but it's a good thing that they actually have good strategy. So those were the two things I was thinking. Well, he generally would never be critical of like other players. Like so that that the second one is already eliminated. Um, but I, I think you're on to something with the first one. Okay, so let's just let's just say I think you're on to something. All right, so okay. we'll leave it here for a second. Then after all this stuff was done and they they kind of had a couple more questions for him. Somebody out there asked him about. Oh, you know, playing them now, and you know, you've played them a couple times since playing them in the finals, and you know, no one's ever really, you know, at, you know, now that you can look back on it, you know, winning that championship against one of your old teams, like, what was that like, LeBron? And here's what he had to say about that. And again, remember, I already told you, I think you're on to something. But go ahead, play that cut. It was basically um, like playing chess. Um, I just know that uh, versus a Spo team, when he has, you know, time and multiple days and hours to prep for a team and prep for an individual, uh, he's one of the best. So um, I knew I had to do that even more on my side to make sure that my guys were uh, prepped and, and understood what was going on because I already knew um, the type of series it was going to be. Okay. All right. You ready for this, George? Go ahead. So if I'm already on to something and he's praising Spolstra, and he's talking about how well coached the Miami Heat are. Right, and but, how well he knows him, and he knows, you know, they know each other, right? right. And he's yeah. talking about all the different kinds of breakdowns within plays. To me, he's taking his shot at the Lakers coaching staff, it sounds like. Then, in the next one, he says, hey, look, if you give Spolstra time, I know what he's going to do. I know how he thinks. I got to get my guys ready, et cetera. It's always I, I, I. So that kind of goes back to what I've been saying all along. He is the coach. He is the general manager. He is the decision maker. He's the guy creating the game plan. A lot of eyes in there, not a lot of our coaching staff or Coach Vogel this. A lot of eyes. What do you hear? Okay, I, I think that, I, again, I think you're on to something. I think, like you always do, you go a little extra. You take it a little too far. I take it too Be far that time? Yeah, because he's got plausible deniability on all these things, which is why it's brilliant, Okay. Because he's got plausible deniability. Because now let's do a little role play. All right, you're Frank Vogel. You've heard those two cut, those two cuts. Where yep. LeBron is gushing about his former coach Eric Spolstra, which he won two championships with, who he just played last night. Um, you know, and, and and look, Spo got out to a big lead against them, or the Heat got out to a big lead against Spo. Obviously, plays a big role in that. Because look, you know, we talked about it this year, right? And last couple years. The NBA does their GM survey, and the last two years, the GMs around the league have overwhelmingly said Eric Spolster is the best coach in the NBA. Um, so now have that in effect. You lose okay. the game. Okay. He clearly spoke that last play when the Lakers had their chance to try to uh, cut the lead to two. That last inbound. They couldn't even inbound the ball. They yeah. couldn't because Spolstra had that thing covered. Okay. He knew exactly what was coming, and they, they, they had that play scouted. They've seen that play before. And they, you know, they they wiped them out in that in that last play and eliminated any chance for the Lakers to try to finish the comeback. Okay. So let's do a little role play now. Okay. Now that you've Here heard both cuts, mm -hmm. all right? You be Frank, I'll be LeBron. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Go. Go. Hey, LeBron. Um, you mind if we have a? Can I just have like ten seconds of your time? Would you mind just ten seconds? That's all. Yeah, yeah, Frank. You can have more than ten seconds, man. What do you need? All right. Hey, man. Um, did you know that last week there were a lot of reports about me being on the hot seat? Did you read any of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. You know. Obviously, I got asked about that. So, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. You get it? Um, and you, you know that we had a big win last week against Utah, remember? 
We did. Yeah, we did have a big win. And then a yeah, devastating we... loss at home against Indiana. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yep. And so tonight, when you praise Spolstra, and I think he's great too, but gosh, it makes it sound like you're kind of putting me down in all of that, dude. Um, Sir? King? I mean, take it like that i mean you don't have to be so sensitive about it i mean like no no disrespect like frank you're a good coach i mean you won her at a championship like well you know. well you know well, listen uh, uh, hold on, on, hold on. let me finish let me finish, let me finish. Oh, I mean, oh sorry lebron sorry I, king yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i sorry king <laughs> so I, I you know what i i can't credit one of the best coaches in the nba like you know he's arguably the best coach you know i i know him personally like you know he coached me and you know, we no, go I, way I, back and I like, it, it. you know, why does it have to be about you? Like, well, it, you know, uh, well, I'm just praising him. Well, it, it's, you see, it's the thing is, is that you praised him and that's good. I think he's great too. I think he's a smart guy. Okay. But um, the way you talked about our championship, like our, like me, you, and all the guys that were on that team together, the championship we won together, you know, we have the same ring. You, you, you like the ring? I mean, it's the one that we have together. Well, the way you were talking, though, about how smart Spolster is and how you had to get your guys ready and you had to prepare your team wasn't I the coach of that team, LeBron? Yeah, but, you know, because I'm familiar with the roster we were playing, if you remember, you know, you and I talked about this stuff, about like, hey, this is what you're going to see from these guys. I know what Eric's going to want to do. And, you know, I, I gave you a heads up on what they were going to do. So, you know, I, I mean, that, right, we, that did so, happen. So, so, right, so it was you and me, right? That's us? Well, I, I think all as a group we did that, but I felt the we. need as the as the leader of this team and this franchise that you know it's important for me to set the tone, and that's what I was describing there. You know, well, well, um, when they fire me, um, are you going to be doing? Wait, wait, I mean, why are you going to get fired? I mean, if you get fired, is because you know your performance. You know, you're being evaluated by people that um, will evaluate your performance. That's, that has nothing to do with me. Like, well, I know you're not in that business. Cause I saw your press conference last week where you right, were fixing I'm not in bracelets. That I know you're not in that yeah. business. But... I went to go watch a movie with my wife. So, yeah. you know, well, I ain't got no time for that. Well, I mean, I wish you were in the business of supporting me because I mean, I only... have supported you, you know, I've well, said I, that I don't even need the public support. It'd be nice yeah. to just be supported in the locker room. So everybody knows that I'm the, the boss. You, like, do you know that? I mean, you're the coach of the team and you know, you come up with the game plan and, and you know, we try to well, execute that game plan. Yeah. I mean, that's, when you after you tell me what the game plan is, then I try and do that. No, okay. I don't. I don't game plan. I don't game plan. I game plan. I helped you game plan and the staff game plan against that team because mm -hmm. I played for them, so I did know you, them. Really did you well. help me with the game plan against Utah? Um, no, I played really well and oh, I executed okay. your game plan. Okay, how 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 did we do with our game plan against Indiana? Um, we didn't do so well, and you yeah. benched Russ, and, yeah. and and you know, and LeBron you did do you what you had to coach? do. Do you know who the coach of Indiana is? Uh, Rick Carlisle, yeah. Oh, because I didn't know that. But anyway, um, come I mean, on, man. There, that might get you fired anyway. There's your problem. I mean, come on, man. A little support, LeBron. Now, you don't even know who coaches Indiana. How am I going to support well, you? I mean, you know, listen, I don't want you telling everybody how great he is. Yeah, I mean, he is great. He beat me in the finals. So. Well, he ain't, he ain't no Spo. Yeah, no, he's not. Well, that's my favorite coach. Yeah. Yeah, me, maybe me too, you know. Dude, I'm going to tell right, you right Frank, now. I, I, I got to roll, man. I mean, yeah, oh, oh sorry, LeBron. This, that was more than 10 seconds. My bad, yeah, King. Yeah, way more than 10 seconds. My bad, King. Uh, let yeah. me know what we're going to do tomorrow. Uh, let me let me know what we're going to do in the next couple of games. I appreciate that. You're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You're so stupid. I mean, it does sound like he's kind of propping up his former coach to kind well, of put I mean, down it, his current coach. But it's, coach. again, he's propping him up. And, you know, he has every right to. He played for him. And... He won championships with him, multiple. Same, same could be said with Frank Vogel, one. No, but more than one is what I'm saying. And he also coached them at 
LeBron's most vulnerable time, right? Like, you know, he went from being, like, the most liked athlete in America to being the most hated in, like, a span of 2.7 seconds. So I, I think that, you know, there's a little bit there. I'm not saying he's not being accurate, but I, I think there's a couple things at play. I think that there's plausible deniability that he, you know, it, so if someone does make the case that you're trying to make, right, which is, hey, I, you know, is that a shot at Frank? He can be like, what are you talking about? Like, why can't I praise the guy I won two championships with? Like, are you, what's wrong with that? Like, why does it have to be about someone else? Right? Like, that's super e- – that's plausible deniability right there. Fair or not fair? Um, it's fair, but I'm not buying it. But okay, going. you cannot buy it. But I'm just saying, like, that's the brilliant part of this. And there, the other part is this, where I would add that he's being honest – and maybe there's a little something to that, you know? Maybe. I don't know, but maybe. Because should we, should we, should he we likes – he's he occasionally has been pa- – look, his history has shown plenty of passive-aggressive uh, instances. So, like, it, that's why it wouldn't surprise anyone if well, you, you know, that when, you would be on to something. When everybody was coming to Frank Vogel's defense in the last week, when there was all the talk about him being on the hot seat – and most analyst types were saying it's not his fault, it's the roster's fault. Yeah. Um, maybe what LeBron is saying is it's the way the roster is being coached because there's too maybe. many breakdowns. Maybe. And we're, and maybe. we're being outcoached. Maybe. But, I, look, Lindsay, you, look, you're a Cavs fan. Um, I, I, think, I, think what he, I think what he's saying is, is accurate about Spo. I also think, though, that – Cap could be onto something like there, 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 but there is plausible deniability, right? Like there, there, you've been around, you know, or have watched his career as long as anyone. I mean, LeBron is one of the most calculated people ever. Like I remember when I used to cover him back in, you know, before he left Cleveland the first time. And he was so, he was like so aware of what was going on. He would cover his power, like his, his Nike Bottles, like bottles of whatever it is, uh, not Nike, um, Gatorade bottles with tape because he didn't want to upset sponsors. Like, that's how aware he is of what's going on. So I think that everything he says, he has, like, a purpose and a point to it. So I don't think that he's doing anything that he's not aware of. No, he, he right. There is, he knows his words carry weight. And I also think there's a, we're at a stage in his career where at 37, he's, and by the way, understandably so, he's being more reflective, right, at 37. I suppose. Here's what I would say to LeBron. Hey, let's stop worrying about who's such a great coach and what it might sound like and who you may or may not be taking shots at. Get your boy AD healthy. Get him back on the floor. What, is he a doctor now all of a sudden? Does he well, we go back to role play? What am I, you, you know, Doogie Howser? Like, yeah, what do you want me to be Well, here? no, that's your guy. That's your guy. Yeah. All right, we got a break. All right, we enough for role play. Get out of here, Kaplan. Get like out of here, Vogel. Play. I like it. I think I'm good as Frank Vogel. You are pretty good. You're way more aggressive than Frank, though, I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, coming... <laughs> All right, coming up next. Is facing the 49ers, a team who has their number, the worst possible scenario for the Rams? I'll tell you why I don't think so. All right, we'll get to that. I'm sure Kaplan will disagree. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Fight for your life! Dude, the Iron Sheik, I was petrified of the Iron Sheik as a kid because that was right around like... Ha! Pooey! Ha! Pooey! USA! Pooey USA! Pooey USA! Mm-hmm. I was petrified of the Iron Sheik. Yeah, me too. He had he great had, boots, though. Those Remember boots the were awesome. Curl yeah. yeah. Great mustache. Yeah. Big belly. Uh, tights pulled up over his belly. He's a and great I, follow on Twitter. Well, okay, hold on a second. <laughs> just want to say something about that. I've been told that whoever the jabroni is that has his hands on the Twitter account of the Iron Sheik, that that is not really the Iron Sheik. That's what I've been told. Really? Well, he's ver- he's verified, so. But it's probably somebody doing it for the Iron Sheik. Pooh, yeah, but how, many, how many famous people have other people running their social media accounts? You I know? mean, probably a ton. Yeah. Well, there's Keyshawn, who has Chris Morales doing his. Does that count? That's true. I don't think you're supposed to say that. Well, I got no. It's, uh, into it's already it. known. Yeah, people I mean, know. this whole time you already like, blew oh. the cover a few months yeah. ago. So right, I was like, "Oh, Keyshawn's retweeting my stuff," and they were like, "No, moron." <laughs> <laughs> That's this not is key. why Morales picks it on you, Cap. Why? Because just one time, just shh, let it go. Oh, we only one, one time. time You're only allowed to do that once. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought that. Was I mean, you're bringing more thing. attention to it, but yeah. I think it's hilarious. Personally. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I was like, "Ooh, this is so cool! Look at Key." And it's like not key. Oh, I was gonna say Key don't know you, but he actually met you, right? Yeah. 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 See what I'm saying? That's why I was excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the jabroni who's got the controls of the Iron Sheik's Twitter following is really the Iron Sheik. I don't think that guy says Pooh USA. Iran number one. Iran. Iran hey, number Nikolai one. Volkov, man, yeah. Iran number one. Pooh USA. Hulk Hogan, Jabroni. I love that era. Love that era it, of WWE. It was a crazy era, uh, to be frank with you. Yeah. Where, and it was the 80s. They played on every stereotype, everything. You you know, we hated Iran. We hated uh, Russia, the Cold War, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, we as a country, you know, was very afraid. Rocky did it too, right? Rocky Four, yeah, Russia. He took advantage right? of it, yeah. yeah. So. What was the guy's name? Not Nikolai Volkov, because he was like the scary Soviet dude. Mm-hmm. What were the other scary Russian guys that had like chains? And so they come into the ring, they were ripped, and, and they had chains, and they would beat you with chains. Does anybody remember who those guys were? Uh, that had chains in the yeah. WWE? Yeah, yeah. Russian wrestlers, real Ivan Russian Ivan Koloff? Names. Ivan Koloff could be, could be. Sounds good. Sounds but pretty I good. I don't know. Was he WWE? I felt like he was like the other one, NWA or whatever. Mm. Anyway, all right. Yeah. Well, Nikita Koloff and Ivan Koloff were were uh, yeah were Russians who uh, who fought who were wrestlers. Uh, but I don't yeah I don't know. You don't remember them with chains, huh? Yeah, I don't remember anything with chains. Mm. Well, yeah, like chains. I'm talking not, not Mr. T gold chains. I'm talking like real, no, like actual chains. chains. Right. Yes, like I know. What coming you're talking to the about, wrestling no, I don't, ring. I don't. I don't remember yeah. that. No, I may use these chains to beat you down while wrestling. That could happen. That's why I bring him to the ring. If you remember that. 
Yeah. No, I don't remember that, actually. No, anyway. I do remember George the Animal Steel back then, you know, eating the, uh, the turnbuckle. The or the turnbuckle, yeah. right. Yeah, 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 he'd go into the turnbuckle and then he'd wipe it in your eyes. Yeah. That yeah. was a good move. Effective. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Love well, Ricky would, the Dragon Steamboat. He would jump off the top ring rope. He did would jump, right. And then Macho Man did that later, yes. Yeah, and then um, also, you May know, rest in that peace. Jimmy Snook, Superfly Snooker did the same. Yes, Jimmy Superfly Snooker did the same, yes. Lindsay, you got to love memory lane of wrestling. Yeah, I mean, uh, talking about Jimmy Superfly Snooker did a lot of other things, too, so, you know. He definitely did a lot of things. Yes, no, but, he, but his finishing crazy move crazy was he would get up on the top ring rope. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and then um, fly. Bret Hart. <laughs> I mean, that was the Hart Foundation back then. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. How'd we get uh, on this? I don't. Oh, because the Hulk Hogan thing that Morales did. Iran number one. Yeah. Iron Sheik, Iran yeah. number one. Yeah, yeah. He defeated Iron Sheik for the championship. Pooh USA. Yeah, the anniversary. Mm. Uh, so, facing a 49ers team yeah. who has had their numbers, is this the worst possible scenario for the Rams? Or no. do you think, oh, you don't? Okay, no. so why? No, I don't think so. I think it's the best possible scenario for the Rams. Because here's the thing. If San Francisco goes to Green Bay and the Rams then have to go to Green Bay, they're in trouble. You and think I, because Aaron, man, Aaron in the playoffs, he plays way more conservative, I feel like, than he does in the regular season. What I mean by that is the running game of the Rams is not conducive to that sort of, of, of weather. Um, and, and look, my, my case in point is this. But is the Packers' defense that good on, against the run? Well, um, I'm going with the Rams running game is not that strong. No, it's not. I would agree with that. But I'm just yeah. saying, like, is, like, the Rams – is the Packers defense actually? Because how much did the Niners run for? Well, I'll have to go check that for you in one second. Because here's the thing about the Rams. You're in great weather. Yeah. You've got a big lead. And Cam Akers carries the ball 24 times for 48 yards. That is That is not the kind of weather you win in when you need to run more than you need to throw. Mm-hmm. And and I was actually surprised. I don't know how you felt about it. Yeah. By the but, way, Packers, decent defense, like, against the run. They were, like, a top 10-ish defense. Okay. I was surprised at how much Cam Akers carried the ball in this game, mm-hmm. more so than Sonny Michelle. And I, I really was – I had questions about it. Like, I got it. He's fresh legs. I got it. He was your go-to guy before he got hurt. Yeah. I got it because he's an inspirational story and he's made this great comeback. I, I got all the storylines. But he's not conditioned to the NFL after one game or two games. And I'm just, I was really surprised that Cam Akers was the primary running back and had that many carries. Yeah, I was too because um, Sony Michelle had a nice little run for them for a little while, pun intended. And I, I thought that maybe they would split carries. And yeah, I. But I, at this point now, you can't. Do you go back to Sony Michelle, or like, do you do you run the risk of being like, "Hi, sorry, Cam, you fumbled two times. We can't rely on you when he's supposed to be your guy moving forward." I think that one thing they ought to do is realize that Sony Michelle is a Super Bowl champion. They went out and got him when they needed him. He's played all these games. Yeah, but he hasn't been that good in a no, long. No, no, he's time. not great. But but yeah. one carry for four yards versus a guy who's just sure. getting back from Achilles surgery. Yeah, no, and, uh, that's fair. You know, twenty four carries. So, look, the question was, is this the worst thing that could happen facing the 49ers who've won six straight games? My answer is no. You got the win in Tampa. They got the win in Green Bay. You get a chance to play at home. You get another shot at redemption. 
the mm-hmm. likelihood, the statistical likelihood that a team's going to beat you seven times in a row, yes. three times in the same season. Not, not great. I love my chances if I'm the Rams. Yeah. It hasn't happened all that often, to be honest with you. I think it's like a dozen times in the history of the sport. That a team has beaten another team three times in the same season? Yeah, it hasn't happened. That I mean, clearly, you know, you go back a long, long time. So, uh, with the sport, even even if it's just the Super Bowl era, you got to go, you know, you're going back uh, 55 years, you know, 56 years or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, that's a long time to, for it only to happen 13 times or 12 times or whatever it is. If I'm Sean McVay, one thing I'm going to say to this team starting on Wednesday when they come back to start practicing for this game and they start to install the game plan, one thing I'm telling everybody is, hey, look, we all know what happened here a few weeks ago. We all know how the Niner fans took over, and we all know that we were not prepared for it. We will be prepared for it. Hopefully it doesn't happen, okay? And it, it, we are home. We're sleeping in our beds all week. We're, we're going through our hometown routine. We're, we're going into our locker room. Uh, this is our stadium, but we will be prepared this time because we weren't last time. Yeah, the third team, the third game, the home team has generally won by a pretty wide margin in this scenario when it's been o two coming in or two o or whatever. Like well, whoever's got the home field in the playoffs is generally the team that's won in these scenarios. While we're celebrating the Rams' win from yesterday, and it was a spectacular win. Mm-hmm. One that shouldn't have been in question. If you you know twenty seven to three, you don't expect that game to be in question starting Correcto. the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. But this is a time where if McVeigh and Stafford win and get by and get to the Super Bowl, any talk of McVeigh who you know, earlier in the season is he going to be on the hot seat? Stafford can he win the big one? I mean, you all were the questions. one talking hot seat. Yeah, well, well, but but all questions have been answered. But here's <laughs> all the of thing. your questions, basically. Well, but here's the thing, George. You have to win this game. If you don't win this game, everybody's going to look at you, McVay. You cannot beat a team in your division. You can't beat those guys. You can't get past them. No, I I agree that people are going to say that. If they don't win this game, people are going to say, yeah, Stafford won two games, but he's at home against the Niners and he can't win to get to the Super Bowl at home. This, This game... For every for everybody's reputation, for all the talk and chatter, you you have to make it to the Super Bowl. I'm not even okay. saying you have to win. I'm saying you must make it because you're never going to get an opportunity to host this game, given all the circumstances and given that the Super Bowl's in your stadium. Got to win yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. How confident I mean, are you? I'm fairly confident. Fairly. Yeah, I'm confident. Like I don't think the Niners. Okay, if you're asking me how confident, I'm I'm willing to bet the Rams minus the number. How about that? What is the number? Three. The Rams are favored by three? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> wow, what? You're, you're, you're that confident? I mean, three is not a big number. No, not at all. And in fact, I, frankly, I'm, I'm almost a little surprised that it's three. Might be three and a half. Hmm. All right, we got to go. Laura's basically saying we got to go. Well, you got go. anything else? Let's go. All right. Big deal or no deal in two minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thank you, Christopher. Linz, what do you got? All right, so I'm going to start off with this woman who has publicly called out her date for asking her to send him money for said date. So she met this guy on the dating app Hinge, and they went for coffee, and she thought that things went quite well. But things took a bit of a turn when she woke up to a message from the guy asking her to send him $4 for the coffee that he bought her during the date. (laughs) When she asked him about it, he said, well, since she canceled the second date, he assumed there would be no long-term future. Therefore, he should get reimbursed for the money he spent on the first date. Um, Is this guy's reasoning for wanting $4 for the coffee that he bought her during their date a big deal or no deal, Cap? No deal, but I think smart. Because what it is, is it's kind of like throwing the line back in the water. You know, like, hey, um, can you get me that four bucks back? And she's like, wait, what? Well, I just figure, you know, since you don't want to go into a second date, I mean, I might as well try and recoup my money. And she's like, wait, I, I thought we had a nice date. Let's, I want to go on a second date. It's kind of his way of trying to feel the situation out. But sure, but, the problem but now is, he has killed the right, chance at right. potential now, second date by right, looking dude, petty. You're, you're, you're this cheap? Four dollars. If you're the if if you need that four dollars back for the cup of coffee you bought me, I don't think there's going to be a second date, pal. Yeah, big deal because he's an idiot. That's basically it. Like four dollars, bro. Like, come on. Like, I, uh, I mean, I don't know. I I can't even. I don't understand. Like, I ripped. Who did we rip? Uh, the kid from the Cowboys for wanting the uh, the ring or whatever back. I yeah, mean, that the guy was... from uh, he wanted like his hundred eighty thousand dollar watch back. Right, a watch that that's one hundred eighty grand. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, and we were like, bro, like you you gave it to her. It's a gift. Like you bought coffee. What do you want her to do? Either throw up the coffee or give you the four dollars? Like I don't understand. <laughs> well, yeah, that's exactly what coffee. I want her to do. I want her to give me back my four dollars. I mean, the best is, is how it's like he's trying to like get revenge on her. Well, it's like. If you're not going to go on another date with me, then I want my money oh, back what a I spent loser. on you. That guy like, is. Get a life. Yeah, get you're, a he's life. a loser. He's a loser. That guy's <laughs> he like, he's the, he's, the, he's the second most annoying person on the internet besides Darren Ravel. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you thought he was the worst person on the internet compared to Darren Ravel. Well, I, I said Darren Ravel was arguably the worst person on the internet this weekend. I wonder if Darren Rovell would ask a girl for money back from a date after being rejected. I mean, he makes a lot of money, so I hope not. I hope not, but, you know, yeah. if somebody asked me for the money back, like in this situation, I'd be like, I'm happy to send you the $4. Clearly, you need it more than me, so no problem, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loser. Move on. Next. <laughs> all right. So back in April, we all remember Alex Rodriguez purchased an ownership stake in the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. And if you happen to be watching Saturday's Packers 49ers game, I did. you may have noticed A-Rod being shown on camera, you know, decked out in Packers gear cheering among the Packer faithful. Well, as an owner of the Timberwolves, that upset a lot of Vikings fans. Rodriguez was then seen sitting courtside at the Timberwolves game yesterday, and he was asked about his visit to Lambeau Field. He walked it back and kind of said like, well, 
you know, I was there because it was a bucket list thing. I've always wanted to go to Lambeau Field. And, you know, Vikings fans should be happy that the Packers lost. So he totally did, like, the whole PR thing and made it look like he wasn't really a Packers fan. Um, was he so dressed anyway, in Packers garb? I didn't notice yeah. that part. Yep, he had on the Packers hat. I was paying attention to the blonde he was with. Yeah. They both did. They both had Packers Oh, yeah. I was only paying attention to her. I mean, I kind of noticed him, but I I was looking at, like, who's that? Is he in a suite? Was he in, like, somebody's suite? No, he was in the regular stands. He was in the stands. Oh, my God. I would never go in the stands in Lambeau Field that cold like that. I'd rather not go to the game. I was stunned he was there, too, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm a tropical brother. Um, Yeah, look. Um... Rookie owner mistake. How about that? He's used to being a fan, you know, when it comes to other sports. And now that you're a part owner, you know, it's a, it's a little more challenging. Oh, man. Everybody lighten the you-know-what up. My I, God. I, listen, I agree with you, but I, I that's just the reality of I know. Of, I know. It's like deal. you went to a Packers game. So, hey, I'm at a Packers game. He probably gonna, got invited by Rodgers or the coach or someone right, like I'm, that. Yeah. All I'm saying is this. You go to a game – you're there to support the home team, even if you're not a lifelong fan. And then you put on the jersey, and the next thing you know, it's a you-know-what storm. Lighten up, Francis. My goodness. But I get why fans are mad, kind of. like. This know? is a Midwest thing, dude. Like, you guys get really, like, bent out of shape about stuff like this. Like, I don't know. I just don't care. I'm like Ket- with Kaplan. I don't care enough. He owns a team in Minnesota. And he wore a Packers so, yeah, Mark jersey. Cuban, Mark Cuban, <laughs> Mark Cuban um, owns a team that, in Dallas and is a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. Yeah, but you that know. would be like that would be like okay, Usher was like a part owner of the Cavs at one point, whatever. That'd be like him going to a Steelers game and rooting for the Steelers. But if he tick. was a Steelers fan, then who cares? But I'm not, not saying he's Packers not right. Fan. He's not a Packers fan, but he's a. Fan, he's a fan. Maybe he's a fan of Rogers. I don't know. It depends on who he got invited to. Or, but Kaplan he, may be right. Maybe the girl is from Wisconsin or something. He said that it was a bucket list thing to go to um, a game at Lambeau sure. Field, and I that get he that. loves the history of Lambeau Field. Which right? I, I mean, I see. I can see that. I, I buy that. To go it's there an amazing too. Stadium. He, he is. He's like a super sports dork. Like he yeah. is. Like totally. I know that for a fact. But then being shown on camera with the Packers hats. Yeah. Oh, come on. I didn't notice a Packers Field. hat when they showed him. I got to look at the pictures again. Look at the pictures. Lambeau. I'm supporting it's a, it's the Packers. You know, like I'm wearing a hat. What's the big deal, everybody? Yeah, whatever. All right, I whatever. don't care. I don't think it's a big deal. No deal. For no me. deal. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Next. All right. So during an appearance on the I Am Athlete podcast, former oh. Buccaneers wide receiver Antonio Brown showed up. Yeah, and did. shared which quarterback he wants to play with next. Okay. He said, Lamar Jackson, action Jackson. Let's give Lamar Jackson his flowers. Shout out to him. That's it. Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback. Well, then the Ravens quarterback, Lamar himself, quote tweeted video clip with the purple smiling devil face emoji. So I don't really know how to interpret that. So I'll ask you guys, is Lamar Jackson's response to Antonio Brown saying that he wants to play with him a big deal or no deal? I'm going to say big deal because it sounds like he wants to play with him. The devilish grin thing is like a positive thing. I suspect, this is just a guess here, that Antonio Brown and Lamar Jackson have probably trained together. And I'm saying it like that because I know that Antonio Brown and Lamar Jackson both have like South Florida kind of roots. Right. I could see those guys training together in the offseason and now AB like, yo, 
dude, if you guys had me, I mean, I was playing ball. I just got hurt. And then they, they freaked out on me. So I'm a completely innocent bystander taking off my pads and my shirt and throwing it into the stands. And, you know, that was, that was all just for effect, dude. You got to get me on this team. By the way, he does need a receiver like that, though, to be honest with you, Lamar. He does. And side note, did you see Antonio Brown's tweet like trolling? Yeah. The uh, the when they lost. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) That was kind of funny. It was funny. It was funny. You know, whatever. Uh, Live your life, man. Yeah. I would say big deal if look, I I knew it at the time. I said it then. I'll say it now. He's going to get another opportunity. So. All right. Last one here. Go ahead. Since his firing in mid-December, Urban Meyer has kept pretty quiet, kind of kept a low profile. Thank God. But today he appeared on Outkick's Don't At Me with Dan Dakich podcast. Oh, Dan mm-hmm. Dakich, yes. Or show, show or podcast, whatever it is, yeah, uh, yeah. to discuss the NFL playoffs and the differences he experienced between pro and college football. So Urban said that the biggest difference for him was that with the NFL, he had to learn how to handle losing because, you know, he won 85% of his games in college. He said, quote, it was the worst experience I've had in my professional lifetime. What really got me, I almost don't want to say people accept it. I mean, you lose a game and you just, I would seriously have self-talk. It eats away at your soul. Um, Is Urban Meyer kind of like conceding that he was a failure in the NFL, a big deal or no deal, Cap? No deal. I I don't even think he's conceding, to be honest with you. I just can't believe that – what did he expect? You know, he, he didn't take over a team that was playoff ready. Not even close. You know, he, he took over what is one of the worst franchises and one of the least successful franchises in the NFL who was drafting number one overall and was starting a rookie quarterback. What do you think was going to happen? That, win, win that's it, how ego-soaked he is, Kaplan. Yes, he thought, oh, I'm Urban Meyer. Of course we'll make it work. So well, real quick, you're right. By the way, you are right that coaches think like that. Well, yeah, they're terrible, coach. Why would you go there? Because once I'm there, it's gonna all get turned around. Because I got the special sauce. Right. Well, that yeah. that's what I was gonna ask. Like going back his entire college career, has he always only ever coached on winning teams? Uh, he hasn't yeah. experienced losing before. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he has, but not to that degree. So because of that, because in college it's way easier. Um, all you gotta do is be a good recruiter. Look, Nick Saban experienced this. Nick Saban went back to college because at Alabama, he could recruit five number one picks every year. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like five first-round picks every year, whereas when he was the head coach of the Dolphins, you're lucky if you have one or more. You know, like that's just the reality of it. And same thing for Urban Meyer. He had two first-round picks. One of them got hurt, and then the other one he coached terribly. Um, You know, because coaching in the pros is not exactly like coaching in college. Um, and he, you know, according to everyone, he was also kind of a micromanager and also a miserable, you know, what to be around, um, and demeaned his own coaching staff who all had way more pro experience than he did. So yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan, dude. Like some guys can do it. He, 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 by the way, he real quick, he, if he were on the internet, because he's not, would be the most annoying person on the internet. He would be. He would, he then would take, take Darren Ravel's trophy. <laughs> so, so it would be, it'd be Urban Meyer, Darren Ravel. If then, he had an, if he had a Twitter account. And then who's the third guy that almost became the most annoying guy? I forgot whoever yeah, we were talking about too. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look again, Pete Carroll. He was able to do it back and forth between the NFL and college. But Pete Carroll also had NFL experience prior to going back to the NFL. My point is, is that some guys are NFL coaches. And some guys are college coaches. 
Urban Meyer was a college coach where he could bully people around. Same with yeah. Nick Saban. Yeah. You know, same with a guy like Lou Holtz. I mean, Lou yeah. Holtz is an all-time legendary coach, but didn't succeed when he was coaching the New York Jets. So I some guys it, can do it, and, and but most guys can't. I find it very interesting that it took a guy that's coached for so many, you know, decades or whatever, albeit in, always in college, for it took him going to the NFL for him to, quote, learn how to lose. Like, yeah. come on. Well, Jim Harbaugh can do it. Jim Harbaugh has done it and can do it again. We'll see if that ever comes to fruition. Urban Meyer couldn't do it. Yeah. Nope. All right. Big deal, no deal each and every day at 630. One last segment to go. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Oh, what a song, man. What a song. Billy Vera and the Beaters, George Sedano. You familiar with this song? Familiar with the song. had no idea who uh, was the singer of the song. Yeah, listen to this Dude, right here. here little, I know it's 87, How but... How could it, I love you, hurt you, when, darling, I love you, and you know, here it comes. Whoa-ho-ho-ho! Ah, what a song! Love Billy Vera and the Beaters. This was their only song, but I love them. Good pull, Chris. I used to try and do this in karaoke, George. Really? Yeah, it's hard. Hard song to sing. Yeah, I would say so. Good Lord. Uh, All right. So real quick, before uh, we get out of here today. Yeah, talk to um, me. Laura, how much time do we have here in this segment before? Oh, I see it here. So we've got about eight minutes. Okay. Now, here's the deal. There's a million, not a million, obviously, but a number of NFL topics we didn't get to today that I want to sneak through very quickly. But Laura and Lindsay have music that are music beds. Once those music beds are done, we can no longer talk about that subject. Okay, I like that. That's very PTI of us. Right. But doesn't mean we can't finish earlier and move on to the next topic. But once that's over, we got to move on. Okay, that's I it. love this. I love this. Okay, okay this got to be concise. All right, Laura, hit the first uh, piece of music there. All right, so Tom Brady was asked about retirement after the game. Said he's not really thinking about it, yada, yada. Was asked in the follow-up, same things, not really thinking about it. But did not go out of his way to say, it's completely untrue, I'm absolutely going to be back next year. I feel like when you do that, you got one foot out the door already. That If you're actually having to contemplate it, and by the way, on his podcast, he already talked about how, you know, his fam- he owes it to his family and his wife and, you know, watching him take all the hits, blah, blah, blah. I, I feel like he's talking in a way where this is it for him. And, and I don't blame him to walk away. Do you believe Tom Brady is retiring? I have a hard time believing that he is. I don't think he can go out like this. And by the way, when you throw for 5,300 yards, the most ever in your career, you can still play. And you can still play at a high level. Why would he retire now? Why? Uh, he's 44. The team is losing its best wide receiver in Chris Godwin. 
Uh, Gronk is also a free agent. Uh, so is Jason Pierre-Paul and Dominican Sue, and they're over the cap by a decent margin. Those are all compelling reasons why I might consider retiring if I were Tom Brady. Yeah. Although I love the report today that maybe he's just going to a new team. Maybe he plans on doing it somewhere else. I mean, really, a third team? I don't know. Be very Brett Favre of him. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's going to want to do that. I think he's the way he's talking. He's done. Here, let me read this tweet from his uh, his uh, podcast or whatever. Uh, Tom Brady has. Let's go. Oh, we're done. Sorry, forget it. Oh well. Move on. Next topic then. All right, next topic is Josh Allen speaks out on the NFL's much maligned overtime rules. He's basically crying that they didn't get a shot yeah. at uh, you know rebutting the Chiefs' touchdown on the first drive of overtime. What do you think of the overtime rules? Should they change him? I don't think so. Um, here's what I would say to Josh Allen. Played a brilliant game. It was really entertaining to watch. But when you take the lead with 13 seconds to go, is it too much to ask your defense? Look, Patrick Mahomes is great, okay? Um, the skill position guys in Kansas City, they're fantastic. But, dude, there's 13 seconds. you got to okay. be able to stop them. Here's so, what I would say. I, yeah. I do think it would be – what happened to them was fair. People are saying it's unfair. It's not unfair. The rules are the rules. However – do I think the rule stinks? Yes, I think the rule stinks. I was not satisfied. I would have loved to seen the Bills get one more chance. Hell, I would. I I'd be okay if they were still playing right now, going back and forth. Um, but that's the reality of it. So I don't blame him for kind of whining about it a little bit. Um, I think the NFL needs to look at it because it happened with Brady and Mahomes a couple years ago, and now Mahomes is on the other side of it. So, um, I, and by the way, the. In, in the playoffs, since this rule's been enacted, 11 times we've gone to overtime, and the, whole, the team that won the toss won 10 times. It's pretty inequitable. So I think they got to take a shot at changing the rule, at least giving them one shot apiece. All right, there you go. All right, look at that. And we nailed it right nice. there. Very nice. Very well yeah. done. All right, next. On the dismount. All right. Uh, next, Aaron Rodgers. What's next for Aaron Rodgers? Said doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. What do you think happens? If I'm the Green Bay Packers, I'm out of the Aaron Rodgers business as of today, and here's why. Aaron Rodgers has been a great quarterback, but we've only won one Super Bowl, and it was 12 years ago. Now he's a 38-year-old pain in the ass. So you know what? We're not winning more Super Bowls with Aaron Rodgers. We're there every year. We've given him everything he's wanted. We're not winning Super Bowls with Aaron Rodgers. So guess what? I don't need to deal with him. I drafted somebody to replace him. I'm out of the Aaron Rodgers business if I'm the Green Bay Packers. I'm with you. Um, I think that it's in their best interest for both sides to just be done with each other. He doesn't want to be there. Uh, he has not committed to them last all season long while doing his appearances on the Pat McAfee show where he's the only place he's talked to anybody. Um, he didn't commit in the Kevin Von Valkenberg um, interview he did for ESPN.com, the printed one recently, which got a little contentious, it looked like. And, um, and he already pretty much stated that he's not coming back for a rebuild. They are $40 million over the cap. He makes 44 himself. Uh, and they've still got a ton of free agents, including Devontae Adams. Yeah, I think that's over, and I think he's going somewhere else. Although, I don't know if he should want to go to the AFC, Pittsburgh, Denver, all these teams he's been rumored to, because the AFC is pretty nasty right now. Ooh, another dismount. Very nicely done. Yeah. All right, next we go to the Bengals. Joe Burrow, okay, and company beat... 
The Tennessee Titans, the one seed, they've won two games in a row. They are the darlings right now. They are the lovable underdogs here. They had a really close game in the regular season against the Chiefs. Does that make you feel like they've got a shot in this? They're a seven-point underdog. They're, they're, they are the underdogs, and they hate that they're the underdogs, which I love about them. I'm not going to write Cincinnati off, but I am going to say that if their offensive line doesn't protect Joe Burrow uh, like significantly better, what was it, eight or nine sacks that he was hit, mm-hmm. then, then Cincinnati's going to get destroyed. But if they, can, if they can clean up their offensive line issues and they can protect Burrow, they're live. I don't know if they're going to win. I don't think they're going to win. But I don't want to count them out because I really like Joe Burrow. I'm giving him a shot. Okay. Yeah, I think Burrow is like, I think he's going to be like the next version of like the good, really good pocket passer who can move a little bit, right? The uh, Tony Romo, the Joe Montana type, right? Who wasn't like overly athletic, but athletic enough where they can move around and really accurate. He's got great weapons. Uh, to your point, their offensive line stinks. But I, I give him a puncher's chance. I, I-, I think the Chiefs win, though. All right. Uh, oh, I went a little over on that one. Sorry. Uh, um, you almost nailed it. You did a good job with the first four. First, yeah. t- two and three were very good, yeah, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, all right. We got about 90 seconds here. We don't have time to run one more. Um, so I'm just going to leave it at that. You know, there's really nothing Isn't else. Isn't it funny, we- though, that the, the game, the first game, which was Cincinnati-Tennessee, yeah. which most people were like, well, that's the game where I'm not going to sit down and watch. Like, that's the only one that I don't have to watch. Yeah. That turned into an instant classic as well. Well, I don't know about instant classic. It was a pretty terrible game until, like, the last few minutes. Yeah, but, I mean, the way it ends, you know. and but, but little Yeah, yeah, but know, the, again, the ending doesn't make it an instant but classic. We don't, but we mind. don't know what's about to happen. We don't realize that San Francisco is going to go Oh, I knew what was Green happening. I, listen, I, I made the biggest mistake by picking Tennessee on our picks against the spread because I should have trusted my gut because in Around the Horn, I basically said Ryan Tannehill is the worst quarterback left in the tournament. And then he threw a pick on the first play, and I was like, damn it, I knew it. I've seen him play. I saw him up close for seven years. I yeah. knew what that was, and yeah. I felt terrible uh, you know, missing my pick. We just didn't know that the Cincinnati game against Tennessee was going to be the prelude to the excitement of the way things finish yeah. between San Francisco and Green Bay, the way Great things weekend. finish between the Rams, obviously, and the Bucks, and then what happened last night was incredible. So, yeah. Uh, so uh, the New York Post has a story about the Lakers hanging out in Miami. Uh, you know, Prime One Twelve, Kiki on the River. Uh, I wonder if Sliwa got the invite. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, if they 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 asked him. You know, if they'd send the private jet for him to hang out there. We'll find out because Lakers talk is up next. Excellent work, Kaplan. We're out uh, until Wednesday. Listen to the Lakers Nets tomorrow in our place. AD will be back. Great job, Laura and Lindsay. Alan Sliwa and Lakers talk. Find out if you went to Kiki on the River with LeBron next.